forms. If you want to, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5, a very familiar passage. That's the Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is sharing there and basically saying that their righteousness has to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. And again, the only way to do that is to take on the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. So look in verse 11, Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, and the word of God says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. We usually don't think of blessed and persecuted going together, do we, right? Again, I shared with the teenagers Friday night that my friends in India, some of them bear the marks of Jesus on their body, literally, right? So if you face any kind of persecution for being a Christian, that means somebody has identified you as a follower of Jesus, and that's a badge of honor. That's not something to be sad or afraid or ashamed about. That's actually, they know I'm a Christian, <laughs> and I am getting to know what Jesus knew. So again, take that as a blessing, not as curse or as whatever anybody would like, bad luck or bad things in your life, but it's blessing if people identify you as a Christian. What I want to say briefly here this morning is not all, not all persecution is physical, and I'm afraid your preacher, that's what I focus on a lot because that's what really stands out to me, but there's so much persecution that's not physical at all. Some persecution is just verbal, like mocking. What we are seeing in our current culture is the canceling of culture, right? So that's a very common form of persecution nowadays is we will shut down your influence. We will shut down your voice if you proclaim Jesus. That is a form of persecution. Um, sometimes it's preventing access to aid. What we've seen in different locations, and I believe Egypt is one of these locations where aid has come in, but the people who are in charge of the aid, they will give it to the Christians last or not at all. So that's another form of persecution based upon faith. And there's just so many different ways. What I want you to see in this passage is just briefly that we see three different kinds of persecution even here in the Sermon on the Mount. The first one Jesus shows us is insults. Blessed are you when people insult you. People will throw words at you when you decide to live for Christ. They will try to hurt you in some way because the righteousness of Christ is exposing their sin that has hidden deep in the darkness in them. If you live for Jesus, you living for Jesus is going to cause some other people to just not like you. And we have to deal with it. I want to be liked. And so sometimes I'm very tempted to curb my Christianity, to hide it, to conceal it just a little bit so that maybe I'll still be liked. Don't do that. If people identify you as a Christian, that's a great thing, all right? People will insult you, and they shouldn't be insulting us because we're rude. That last part of the lesson, I hope you guys read that sheet of paper. It was so good as we talk about gender identity issues and things like that. In my life, I've been around way too many Christians who make fun of people with gender identity issues. And we shouldn't be, people shouldn't be hurting because of our mocking. Our words should be simple and true and loving and speaking the scriptures. Let the, let the scripture, let the cross bear the brunt, right? not because of the way we approach it. Jesus says you will be insulted. He also says you'll be blessed when people persecute you or harass you is another way to translate that word, to treat in an evil manner. Now this can be physical, but it can be verbal or it could be any other way of bringing hurt or pain to a believer. Jesus doesn't say that every Christian will face harassment, 
but that every Christian who does face harassment is blessed. Do you want to be blessed? Wow. That's a tough question in this context, isn't it? Do you want to be blessed? When I hear people talk about, yo, bless me, Lord, bless me. They're not hoping that they're going to get persecuted this week. Right? And yet, what do the words of Jesus say? Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are harassed. And so, seriously, if you are seeking God's blessing, it may mean that some things will be difficult in your life, but it will identify you as a child of the king, right? Amen. Third thing, blessed are those who are falsely accused, maybe the harshest of persecution. When someone lies about you or lies about your conduct or lies about your conversation. And again, with our friends in India that we communicate with, so many times that's what the case is. Somebody is coming forward, lying about a family or a pastor, and because of that, they're being placed in jail or they're being kicked out of their village. It is so hard. Have you ever been falsely accused? It just lights you up, doesn't it? You like want to tell the whole world, that is not me, that's a lie, you need to know the truth about me, but so many times you don't have a platform or a voice to share your side of the story, do you? Now here's what I want you to think about this. Jesus said, blessed are those who are insulted, blessed are those who are persecuted, blessed are those who are falsely accused. Did Jesus suffer any of those three things? All three. All three. He was insulted. He was harassed and persecuted. He was falsely accused. He knows exactly what you're going and he won't leave you alone. Praise the Lord. So let's pray for our brothers and sisters. Pray for ourselves as we go through these things to know the Lord knows. He knows. He's been through those very things. And that's why he can say that he will bless us and he will be with us when we are identified as one of his children. Second thing, briefly this morning, everyone, and hear me out. This has really worked in my heart. Everyone who lives a godly life will be persecuted. Does it say some people who live a godly life will be persecuted? A few people who live a godly life will be persecuted. So if you are not facing persecution, what is the logical conclusion? Check your life. You process that a little bit. Let's look briefly. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. You, Paul to Timothy says, however you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose and faith and patience and love, endurance, the persecutions, the sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Right? That is tough, isn't it, right? Paul shares his testimony and the things that he has faced, and yet he does say, the Lord has rescued me from them all. Is there anything that man can take away that God can't give it back better? <laughs> it was kind of hit me a little bit, maybe in a selfish way. You guys, you were so unbelievable in the way you gave all of that, those goodies for those snacks for those kids. And I saw those trays there at the gym, and I'm like, boy, if there's any left that left over, I sure like to have that. Those are mine. That was my church. We did that. We brought those. We ought to be able to keep those. Amen? And sometimes when you give, you kind of give like this, right? Right? You know what I'm talking about? Well, and what happens when you give like this? Can the Lord replace it? Again, you guys, uh, he didn't hear this morning, but I can pick it on Isaiah. Isaiah had a huge, ridiculous truck bill last year, and when we saw it, we're like, I don't know. 
there's no way. And he reached out to grandma and she was able to help him with an interest-free loan, which is awesome to have that benefit, but we thought it'd be forever. And he's supposed to pay the whole thing. He's already paid most of it. The whole thing will be paid off by the end of this year because of God's goodness in that situation. We saw no way out. There's no way this can, what are we gonna do? We prayed and prayed, Lord, this is probably the most ridiculous thing we can do. And God says, uh, would you let me handle it? This is not a problem, right? I'm, I'm just challenging you guys, challenge the preacher, let me challenge you back. Don't give like this. Give. Lord's got it. If he needs it for his kingdom, he'll resource it. Amen? All right. So here's the message, very simply, and I, I know you hear it, and it's challenging me as well. Again, there's no conditions to verse 12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Does that mean everybody will be beat? No. Does that mean everybody's going to have stones thrown at them? No. I'm going to tell you today, if you live a godly life in this corrupt and crooked generation, even in our culture, in our context where we were founded on religious freedom, if you live a godly life, you will face some form of persecution. It may be mocking. It may be somebody will not let you be promoted in your job setting. It may be something in the courts. It very likely will be you will be canceled. Already people are being canceled on social media because they take a stand for Jesus. You will face some sort of persecution. So the question we have before us today, if I'm not feeling any persecution at all, I need to check and see if I'm really living the godly life that God has intended for me to live. So let the Lord speak to your heart in that. Again, really challenging, and it may even come from your own family from times. Now, here's the really good news I want to share, and you guys know this, but God's grace is what? It's sufficient. It's enough. Whatever somebody throws at you, false accusations, harassment, insults, God's grace is sufficient. It's enough. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, again, this is Paul speaking, sharing about what the Lord spoke to him after he knew that he wasn't going to get the thorn out of his side. Again, there's the suffering, right? Here's what Paul had learned in the situation. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why for Christ's sake, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong, right? Go ahead, tear me down. Look what God will do. Because then it becomes about him. Lord, help us. Sometimes I think as our church, we try to do things because we, we've got to do it. We got to be the one to make it happen. Man, let's be weak in the Lord. Get out of the way. And then where he says work, we'll do that work, but we'll trust him in it. And what's the Lord going to do with a bunch of weak people? What he loves to do, right? Well, you got 5,000 people? What have we got for lunch today? The Lord, all we got is a couple of fish and some loaves. No problem, right? <laughs> Isn't the Lord amazing? What do you want to do? You mean you have a whole continent that hasn't heard the gospel? Well, we got these 12 guys that I think they're going to follow after you. No problem, right? God's grace is enough. 
So whatever you're facing, whatever you're, and I know some of you guys are facing other things today. Let the Lord's grace be enough in your life and let him use those things for his glory, for your joy. What, again, a beautiful reminder. We've got to trust him. Pray for those who are suffering that God's grace will be sufficient for them as well. And then I challenge you to again, speak about their plight to others so it won't go unnoticed. You guys, we've been quiet too long. Talk to your coworkers, talk to your neighbors, talk to your representatives. When you hear stories of persecution, share them out so that people can be, it can be visible and known and it won't get hidden, it won't get covered up. Final illustration today is from Amy Sherman, sharing God's heart for the poor. Nijol Sadwante is a Lithuanian Christian who was severely persecuted for her faith under communism. Arrested in 1974 for publishing underground reports of the persecution of Christians throughout the Soviet bloc, she was eventually exiled to Siberia. A book about her entitled A Radiance in the Gulag reveals her character. She was a radiance. How so? Since Nijol's suffering became known by various Christian organizations in the West, a large number of believers knew of her plight. Consequently, Najol received many care packages while she was in exile. Although it was against the law, the communist guards made her pay to receive the care packages. Prisoners in exile had to work, and they received a starvation wage of a meager 75 rubies per month. Their housing cost 20 rubies, and the prisoners were made to pay sometimes over 45 rubies to accept any packages sent to them. But time after time, Najol accepted these packages, paid for them, then repackaged them and mailed them to Christians in other parts of the Soviet bloc whom she believed were suffering worse than she was. The communist guards and the post officials could not make any sense out of this. It was a kindness and a sacrifice that utterly dumbfounded them. One time, some girls who were members of the communist youth organization questioned Nijol about her strange behavior. Nijol replied that she wanted to help her impoverished brothers and sisters in Christ who were suffering. And the girls asked her, if we were ever put in jail and you learned of it, would you send us your care packages? And Nijol replied, of course, if I knew your address. <laughs> Nijol Shizwante displayed the gift of aroma. Christ's love in her heart made her a radiance in the gulag. Her service, her faith, her sacrificial kindness made her life a fragrant offering to God and one that intrigued non-believers. Let's be intriguing this week, amen? Let the way we love just be different. Like, that was crazy. Why did they do that? I haven't seen people love like that. And let it provoke that aroma that will be hopefully a light and a witness to those around us, all right? Let's stand this morning. Ask our musicians to come. And we've done a lot of praying this morning, but the pain and the suffering of brothers and sisters in Christ is so real, and we need to keep them on our hearts and minds. And then today, I want to pray for, I want you to pray for yourself, and let's pray for one another that we would live the kind of godly life that we would be identified as Christians by those who love Jesus and by those who don't, that we would stand out and people would know that Sonny, she's a Christian. That Rick, he's a Christian. That Teresa, she's a Christian. That Lauren, she's a Christian. And let's pray that God would make us that kind of people that we would just look 
different. They'd be intrigued. In Jesus' name, it would be proclaimed to the nations, and then we'd be filled with great joy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to pray a little bit. If you'd like to come to the altar and pray, always feel free to do that. Uh, also, don't ever feel like you have to be by yourself. Anybody in this room, I know the people in this room today, anybody in here, if you tap them on the shoulder, they come pray with you too. You don't have to be alone. But let's offer up our lives and our hearts and ask God to make us godly and especially to love and to pray for those who are facing persecution for their faith. Let's pray.